Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Best of Tea with Twiggy, where we put together snippets of podcasts that I've done in the past. And today we're looking at authors, the wonderful Linda LaPlante and Frederick Forsyth, incredible authors, both of them. And if you'd like to listen to the whole podcast, you just go into the podcast app and scroll down to Linda LaPlante and or Frederick Forsyth and you can listen to the whole conversation. Enjoy. Bye. I was going to ask you, actually, have you got somebody in your life? Because usually there's somebody in your life that is a key person who either changed direction for you or could it be a teacher or, you know? For me, it probably was, in reality, uh, uh, because I, I, I wanted to do ballet. I mean, the fact that I was always far behind everybody else, I mean, <laughs> I'd never have made it. But I had... Uh, an elocution teacher, uh, and her name was Dawn McCormick. <laughs> and um, I was one of the really naughtiest girls you've ever come across at school. You know, and the, uh, my my n- real name is Titchmarsh. Oh, is it? Like Alan? Yeah, and I can remember the headmistress going, Lydia Titchmarsh. If you go out of school without your hat one more time, you will be expelled. <laughs> and I was at this funny, weird little school, and uh, it was Citrinians. I mean, we didn't have a maths teacher one term because this this girl, Yvonne Yates, had altered the timetable for the teachers, and 4A never had a maths teacher. <laughs> I mean, we, it was outrageous. We had one cookery lesson and blew up the kitchen. <laughs> That was it. <laughs> and, the, and the teachers were so eccentric. And it was run by these two old ladies, Violet and Daisy. And I was there when I was about four. And I was at the gates of this school with a bunch of pussy willows. And I can remember a teacher called Miss Asprey was waiting at the gates and she said, I'm afraid Lydia must go home because uh, Daisy has gone. And I said, well, when she comes back, will you give her these pussy willows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'd carried her out in the coffin the, earlier that morning. Oh, no. And it was like this whole school was so eccentric. She died? She died, oh, yes. But she didn't like to say she's passed on. She just said... Miss Harvey, Daisy Harvey, has gone. Has gone. Oh, That's when she comes scary. back, will you give her the pussy willows? <laughs> but it was, you know, there was a hole in the drill hall, a massive hole in the wall in the drill hall. And it would be that every pupil caught going through the hole into the drill hall will be expelled. Use the door. <laughs> and it was insane. Insane why we weren't. And then lacrosse. We only had one game of lacrosse. That's so funny. Lacrosse is a game, a sports game. We do not use the crosses to beat the other team over the head. <laughs> that was it. It was outrageous. Anyway, into this madness of a school came Dawn McCormick, who had been an actress, and she had slightly buck teeth and always had a little slither of lipstick across them. And I thought, oh, that's fantastic. I'd like that. <laughs> Buck teeth with a bit of lipstick. And also she had very high pointed toes, shoes, and a slight bunion. I even I thought, oh, I want to have feet like that. 
But she was, you know, she said, well, I find you all very tedious and very boring. Um, you can't read poetry. Um, so I suggest you all sit and just read whatever you want to read. And then suddenly she started on literature. That was it, you know, caught my imagination. And uh, she was the one that said, I think you should go to the Royal Academy. Oh, right. I thought it was down the road. I don't know where it was. <laughs> All right. <yeah. laughs> so she said, I will teach you, do your auditions. All right. Okay. At no point had I actually ever said, I have to be an actress. It was all Dawn McCormick's fault. So Dawn McCormick is your person who changed your life. Yeah, without her, I'd never have gone to London. See, there's always somebody. Now, am I right in thinking you you started as a a journalist, right? I started, well, I did my national service, which we had to do in those days. That's right. uh, Way back in the RAF. Um, I had two passions. One was to fly, Mm -hmm. and the other was to travel the world, see the world. So I got rid of the first one first by getting my wings in the Air Force. And then I came out of the Air Force and became a journalist, but looking to be one day a foreign correspondent. They're the ones that do the traveling. Mm-hmm. So I did my apprenticeship first and then became a foreign correspondent. I did 12 years of that. Um, so does that mean you were, you were sent out to war zones? Uh, with the last, the last one, yes, I was uh, with the BBC. I changed from Reuters to the BBC. Uh-huh. They sent me to a place called Biafra. Now that's oh a, yeah, I remember a that word from the dim and distant past. Nigeria had a civil war going on. The smaller party was uh, Biafra, which was seeking separate independence from Nigeria, mm-hmm. and it was very bloody, and a lot of children were dying. I remember. And I was sent out there to report on it, which I duly did, but. My reports upset the Foreign Office. Uh, Why? They wanted the Nigerian side of things uh, to be promoted, uh, passionately supported Nigeria. Um, And uh, I was reporting, I think, quite accurately what was going on, which wasn't pretty at all. Kids dying of starvation. I was not just a few thousands of them. So I reported this, and um, I was accused of being biased. So I resigned. And went back as a freelance. Oh, good for you! Well, but fortunately, it must... Steve, uh, you know, the press, press, the media came out second time, and TV. Now, TV doesn't lie. So when they showed films of these poor children, and they were shown on our screens. In, there was a chaos, riots, yep. um, demonstrations. Um, I remember all sorts of things. Yeah, it was terrible. It didn't make me the most. Popular man in the Foreign Office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, unbelievable. Like but did you were you ever in a war situation where you had a close call, you know, with guns and oh, bombs? Yeah, yeah. And... yeah. No, the, 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 uh, wars in jungles are, how shall I put it, scary because you can't see. Um, it's a, you know, just walls and walls of green foliage. And for all you know, um, enemy troops are behind it. Um, and just open up with machine guns. So I've had that happen a few times. Sort of <laughs> hit, the, hit the deck fast. <laughs> I bet you bloody did. Did you wear um, uh, um armoured vest? No, they didn't have any. Oh, my <laughs> was, goodness. They didn't have any. They just issued me a green shirt. They said, we're not taking you with a cream shirt because it would be too damn obvious. 
And um, presumably you didn't have any weapons? No, one journalist just have a notepad and pencil. Oh, um, my God. And uh, so you hope, you hope the guys around you know what they're doing. And so, sometimes it, it gets tight. Well, there have been journalists over the years who've been killed, haven't there? Oh, lots. Of, there's a lots huge, lots huge column of, of names somewhere um, after all the Walker. Vietnam costs a lot of Walker, Walker response lives. Really? Um, and the various wars in Africa, Ditto, Congo, Katanga, uh, Nigeria, Biafra, and so mm. on. Um, so do you, when you started doing all these reports, is this... Had you written any? Had you written any novels or no, stories uh, up no, until no. that point? Uh, no, that's right. I was as far as I was concerned, I was a journalist, a purely a journalist, nothing but a journalist. And I came back to England, skint, no career, demonised by in official quarters here. Um, I wasn't going to get a job in a hurry, and so I thought foolishly, you might say, uh, "Well, I know what I'll do. I'll write a novel. Not a recipe for making any money quickly. If you want to rob a bank, that will be quicker." <laughs> So it was a long, long shot, but I dashed off this manuscript of 350 pages in 35 days, which is mad, and began to hawk it round the West End. Um, got three rejections. When I read nowadays about poor, poor so-and-sos who've got 50 rejections, I think back and think, God, I was so spoiled, they vain, because I thought, three rejections, how dare they? <laughs> and the fourth that took it decided to publish it. And then suddenly, for no particular reason, when it was published, it sort of exploded. And it was called The Day of the Jackal. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed those snippets. If you want to listen to the whole episodes, as I said before, you just go into your podcast app, scroll down to their names, and you can listen to the whole episode. Bye. Bye.